What's going on, everybody? This is Brendan Schaefer. I'm back with you for another episode of V-Shape Daily. And it's game day, folks. The Cardinals didn't win game two. They've got to play game three. They've got to win game three, or their season will come to an end on this Friday evening in San Diego. Game two was a wild one, and the result obviously was not the one you'd want to see for the Cardinals. There were plenty of positives to take away from the game, but overall it's it's hard to overcome just the feeling of dread that you see watching the Padres lineup do that which we knew they were capable of doing, and then just doing it over and over and over again against the Cardinals' bullpen late in that game. They scored nine runs in innings six, seven, and eight in order to beat the Cardinals 11 to nine. It looked like the Cardinals had the sweep. I, I really... It, you know, they were they were in a position to kind of close them out, end two games with wins, and not ever really have to, to see the full scope of what the Padres lineup can be. That's kind of the way it felt when the Cardinals were leading 6-2. to two. But it all went downhill in that sixth inning. And we can debate bullpen management. We can debate a lot of things. But, you know... Moral of the story is the Cardinals just didn't get it done. And it wasn't like any reliever that they threw out there inning six, seven, and eight did get it done. It was a it was a collective failure for the bullpen. And it, you know, that happens. Like on that scale, does it normally happen? No, but the Padres are really good. We knew this coming into the series. We knew their bats could be the X factor that would make the difference. And through you know 14 innings, we hadn't really seen it. We hadn't really seen the Padres kind of come out of their shell and wake up to be the the offensive force that they had been throughout the season. Ranked top five in MLB in runs scored. You've got guys like Fernando Tatis, you know MVP caliber season. Will Myers having a great season. Both those guys had great nights. Two home runs for each of them, and I think that's what's so disappointing is when you look back at the resilience that the Cardinals displayed offensively. Didn't that feel like, and I feel like a lot of Cardinals fans were were saying this on Twitter, people were saying the series was over when the Cardinals were still leading that game 6-5. to five. I know the Padres are a momentum team, but I thought that was a little bit, little bit extra. That was a little bit much. Now, of course, the game did end up going the Padres' way, I told my wife when it was 9-6 to six that the game was over. And really, in retrospect, I was wrong about that. I shouldn't have even thrown in the towel on their behalf that early because the offense continued to fight. And I was impressed by that. Unfortunately, Cody Whitley comes into a spot, a guy who's pitched fewer than five innings in his major league career, all of those innings coming in 2020. Guy who just rejoined the team from the COVID IL like a week ago, something like that. It hasn't been very long that he's been back with the Cardinals. But the way that game went, it necessitated in Mike Schilt's mind the need to go to Cody Whitley at that point in time in the ninth inning with a runner on base to face Will Myers, who had already homered against a righty Ponce de Leon. And he homers for the second time there in, I said the ninth, it was the eighth inning. Potters didn't need a ninth last night. And Will Myers beats Cody Whitley, and that gets the Padres to 11. And then Goldsmith, the next inning, home run. 
would have tied the game had Cody Whitley been able to get that one out or had, you know, Mike Schilt given Tyler Webb the opportunity. Webb was already in the game. And I understand the, the desire to go with matchups. You look at Will Myers' numbers this year and throughout his career. He's been better against lefties than he has righties. This year, it hasn't really mattered. He's been, he had an OPS over 1,000 against lefties, over 900 against righties. So he's he's been nails regardless. But I understand the desire to want to to want to play the matchup. But when your only option is Cody Whitley, I I don't think that's I don't think that was the right play. You could I mean if you wanted to bring somebody in, could have brought in Andrew Miller. I know that's a lefty, but I I, I just think that Whitley for that stage for that moment, I don't know that that was the right play. It wasn't the reason the Cardinals lost the game, but it was one of those things where you kind of look and you're like, man, I don't know about this. This is not a guy with that kind of experience against a guy who's already homered in this game. And he did. He homered. And, you know, the Cardinals, to their credit, even in the ninth inning fought. I mentioned the Goldsmith home run. They're they're getting base runners off of Trevor Rosenthal, and they, they you know, they darn near pulled the thing off. They got the go-ahead run to the plate. But that was the killer, the, the fact that they just kept, the Padres' offense just kept coming. Cardinals couldn't do anything to stop it. Seventh inning, sixth inning, seventh inning, eighth inning. Runs in all of those innings, a total of nine. And so each time the Cardinals kind of picked themselves up off the mat, the Padres just kept coming. There was there, there was no way to get back into the game because they couldn't stop the Padres' lineup, even though the Cardinals kept scoring. That eighth inning was impressive. You know, you get the Goldschmidt double. I guess they called it a double. It could have been an error, I guess, off the center fielder's glove. But he stung that ball to the wall. And then Tatis trying to make a play. I believe that was the same inning. Might have been the, That might have been in the ninth. At any rate, you, you end up with runners on second and third. And you get two sacrifice flies. You know, you would have loved to have seen a base hit one of those spots to try to tie the game. But you at least get two back. That's huge. That, that keeps you within striking distance. But then... That's what happens in the bottom of the eighth when the when Will Myers homers. Kind of takes you back out of it. And even still, they found a way to battle. But it wasn't enough, you know. We can go back to, I mentioned at first, you know, plenty of ways to second-guess the bullpen management in this game. I mentioned the Cody Whitley thing. That's not something that really got brought up with Mike Schilt, given all that happened in this game last night. But the question that was asked, what about Ryan Helsley? You know, he looked great getting the, the big strikeout to end an inning, but then he doesn't come back out for the sixth. And Schild admitted that he he did think about it. He considered sticking with Helsley there, but Henesis Cabrera was the next guy he was going to go with, more likely than not. And if Helsley gets into trouble in the top of that six, or pardon me, in the bottom of that sixth inning, if he if he is to start that inning, it's kind of a it kind of puts Schilt in a bind because of the three batter minimum. He didn't want. Henesis Cabrera facing Tatis. That was going to be Gallegos' spot regardless if it got to Tatis in that inning, which it obviously did. But he but he wanted a clean inning for Henesis Cabrera. And so I think that's – he didn't say this specifically, but I think you can look at that being an example of the three batter minimum coming into play. Because if you start that inning with Helsley, you know, that's okay. You can do that. And even if you wanted a clean inning for Henesis Cabrera, if Helsley gets into trouble – it's not ideal, maybe, but you could go with Cabrera, bring him in in the middle of an inning. But he didn't want him to face Tatis. And I think by that point in time, if Helsley were to get into trouble in the sixth, would have been too soon maybe to go to Gallegos because you want to play the matchups ahead of Tatis. And then by the time 
Henderson gets into the game, he'd, he'd have to face Tatis as well. And so they they wanted they knew where they wanted to cut Henesis off, so they gave him the start of the inning. And it wasn't his night. Gives up hits, gives up walks. It put the Cardinals in a bind. It put Gallegos in a, in a bad in a bad spot. So Gallegos faces Tatis, gives up the homer. Even from there, you know it could have been it could have been a situation where it's okay, six to five, stop the bleeding here. Wasn't Gallegos as night either though, and that you know when when you've got Henesis Cabrera, I'm not going to call him one of the Cardinals' top relievers. I know he's performed really well this season, but you talk about a playoff situation, a situation where the season's on the line. I'm okay with him pitching in that game, but 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 I'm not you know I'm not necessarily thinking it's automatically going to go great. With Gallegos, I'm kind of thinking that. I'm already thinking Gallegos in the game. My expectations are that he gets the job done. But he's human too. Showed it last night. Was not able to get the Cardinals out of that inning with the lead, even after the first home run. And so, and I had said this last night that after the Machado homer, because he homered, that was part of the back-to-back with Tatis. I would have had Ponce de Leon rip roaring, ready to go. Um, if my implication on Twitter, I'd have to go back and look. But if I implied that you could have brought anybody in after the Machado home run. That's obviously not the case because of the three batter minimum after the Hosmer ground out though. I know you get the out. I still would have thought, man, I wouldn't have let him face Tommy Pham. Pham gets the double Profar strikes out. So Gallegos gets out of the inning limits the damage that way. And then I basically said, you got to ride or die with Ponce at this point. You know, if the Cardinals score and, and reclaim the lead, maybe you only give Ponce an inning or whatever, but but I just felt like you were going to pitch him deep into the night if you had to, and unfortunately, he 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 got hit hard as well. Gave up two home runs in the in the seventh, and so that, I mean, from there it really did feel like the game was over. But here's why the Cardinals have confidence coming into Friday, coming into today. One, they've got Jack Flaherty on the mound, whereas San Diego is still not even announced a starter as of noon, recording this podcast. No idea who's going to begin the game for them. Doesn't really matter. They're going to have all hands on deck. But in an all-hands-on-deck situation, you'd hate to know that the majority of your bullpen has pitched both of the last two days. Pitching each of those games. Guys like Rosenthal. I mean, Rosenthal, I'd be surprised if they bring him into this game tonight, and I'd like to see it because I think the Cardinals would have a chance to get something off of him if he's going on his third day in a row. They've got to be going on fumes in that bullpen, but they don't have a starter that they're that they're going with. The plan, so far as I've seen, was a bullpen game for game three. And, you know, you don't have Mike Clevenger in this series. You don't have Denelson Lamed in this series. And that's that's something that is obviously going to impact what the Padres are looking to do on Friday night, 6.08 Central Time. But the Cardinals know they have Jack Flaherty. That's one reason to have confidence. Here's another reason, looking at what they did last night and hearing the way they talked about the game after it was over. It, it didn't feel like dejected clubhouse just got punched in the mouth. It felt like clubhouse dugout got punched in the mouth, and then they punched back, and then they got punched again, and then they punched back, and then they got punched again, and they tried to punch back, but they, they couldn't quite get over that hump. That's what it felt like. It felt like a team who battled to the bitter end because they did and was looking forward to the next one because they they, they know they can hang with these guys. 
San Diego threw everything they had at you last night from an offensive perspective. They hit five homers, for goodness sake. They showed it. They showed Slam Diego. They did everything short of a grand slam because they just didn't happen to have the bases loaded and hit one of the home runs in that situation. Everything else, though, they did. They they were as advertised. As they've been advertised all season, that's what they were last night. Took them a few innings, took them a game and a half to do it, but they did it. And yet the Cardinals still almost won the game. It was the Cardinals' first loss of the season when scoring at least six runs. Didn't do that at all in the regular season. Only lost once all year when scoring at least five runs. And a lot of that is because of their pitching. Their pitching didn't have it last night, but that's not to say they're not going to have it tonight. And you've got a guy that's going to be motivated to have it tonight, Jack Flaherty. I don't know what kind of start he's going to have. I don't predict that Jack Flaherty is going to shove. I don't think he's going to have that kind of game where he goes seven and strikes out nine and gives up one run on a random solo homer to probably Tatis. I don't think it's going to be that kind of game. I think it's going to be a lot tougher than that. I don't think Flaherty gets through six. I'm thinking five and a third, five and two thirds, three runs. It's going to be a grind. This is this is a, this lineup is no joke. Like you guys saw what they can do, so I I don't feel comfortable sitting here and predicting that Flaherty is going to have the game of his life. I don't think that'll be the case. He hasn't looked like himself really throughout this season. The numbers aren't that bad if you take out the one brutal start against the Milwaukee Brewers, but he hasn't been the consistent workhorse that he was at the end of 2019. And there are a lot of reasons for that. It's not It's not that, you know, I'm pinning this on Jack Flaherty. What's wrong with you? This has been a weird year. And for Flaherty especially, through really no fault of his own, he was a guy the Cardinals took extra precaution to make sure he didn't Dakota Hudson. He didn't get Tom. He didn't require Tommy John. That was a huge thing for the Cardinals. And I'm not trying to imply they didn't protect Hudson, but it's clear in the handling of of Jack Flaherty that he was coddled more than any other player on the team. And maybe coddled is the wrong word. Again, I'm not trying to give a negative, inflammatory, derogatory, any kind of inclination toward Jack Flaherty. This was the team's decision to be really, really, really overly cautious with him. And because of that, it had to be hard for him to get into a rhythm. Had to be hard for him to feel like he was really part of part of this team the way he was in 2019. Think about this. Starting pitchers, when they didn't pitch, when it wasn't their day, they weren't at the ballpark. They were holed up in a hotel room watching these games on TV. Or at home if they were in St. Louis for much of the season. Jack Flaherty... He went, you know, when you think about the COVID hiatus, okay, they had 17 days. It had been several days before he had pitched. I think it would have been his turn to pitch, like in the next game. Ponce started that last game against Minnesota. I want to say he was starting in that Brewers, early in that Brewers series, when everything got shut down. So you go 17 days, you don't pitch. And then when you when your team comes back, they don't tell you it's your turn to go. They start Ponce again. And you're the end of the rotation. And when you do start, they throw you for like an inning and a half. And then you got to wait another five days, not with your team. It was a weird year to be Jack Flaherty through no fault of his own. And so 
when I when I try to break down what his season's been and what it what it could be, how it could continue on Friday, I, I do so with an understanding that it he's he's had some things to deal with mentally, physically, emotionally that, that maybe is is abnormal, that maybe we you gotta curb your expectations a little bit. But coming into this game, he's mentally gonna be there. Physically, I think he's there. You know, he's he's been built up. You saw him throw six or seven, whatever he did against the Pirates the other week. When he's when his stuff is on, he can go deep into a game. He's not going to be on a pitch count. But he's been through a lot, and and I think a lot of it is something that kind of gets glossed over. People maybe don't understand the the full effect of what that can do to you as a starting pitcher, not really being part of the team the way you normally would be. And how that might have an impact. Yesterday, uh, you know, he's there. He's cheering on the guys. You could see after the Austin Gomber out, the big strikeout to end one of those innings. I guess that would have been the fourth when he relieved Wainwright. I want to say that was the inning. The video cuts immediately to the Cardinals dugout. And Flaherty's right there at the edge of the the dugout. I think he even, like, rips his mask off and starts yelling. I don't know if he took his mask off. I guess that's something that... I should shouldn't say unless I know for sure. But you could tell he was animated and, and hyped up and excited in the moment with everybody. And that's something he missed this year. And so he got to he got to experience that, be part of that yesterday. He watches that game knowing that it's up to him to save the season the next day if it goes if it goes south. He's gonna be ready. I just coming back to a prediction, I just think the Padres lineup is like I said, it's no joke. And so I'm going to say five-plus innings, two, maybe three runs. He'll probably leave with a runner on base in the sixth to where if the inherited runner scores, his outing looks a little worse than it was. You know, it might go from two to three runs or three to four runs. He's going to keep the Cardinals in the game, though. Cardinals have got to beat up on this team. Got to beat up on this pitching staff that is depleted already entering the series, tired after all the innings they've had to throw. The starters have only gone just a couple of innings in each game for San Diego. And now you're going to have a bullpen game. That spells advantage for the Cardinals. If they continue to take at-bats the way they have the last two days. And if they do that, the Cardinals are going to win this game. I know it. You know, a lot of people said the series was over, even at 6-5. to five. I don't think the series is over. If the Cardinals come out flat and don't score today, the series is over. If the Cardinals play the game they played the last two days and just pitch a little bit better. If they don't give up five homers, they're going to win the game. I know that I came into the series saying the Cardinals would either sweep it or they would lose it. But I'm sitting here on the morning of game three, and I, I, I feel differently about it at this point. I think the Cardinals can win this game. I thought if the Cardinals didn't sweep the series, it was going to be because their offense fell flat in one of the first two games. And if their offense fell flat, my inclination was going to be that the offense was going to fall flat again in Game 3. But the offense didn't fall flat. They scored nine runs yesterday, guys. They did that even in the face of a game, you know, a game at the end that felt like it was over. Everybody thought that game was over. And though the Padres did end up winning it, it wasn't over because the Cardinals fell flat at the end offensively. They continued to battle and take good at-bats. And if they do that today, I just have a feeling they're going to be able to win. It's not going to be a low-scoring affair. They're going to have to score to do it. 
If Flaherty gives up three, I think the bullpen might give up one or two and Cardinals eke out a 6-5 to five win. I could see that. I could see Alex Reyes having to pitch the 8th and the ninth in a one-run game. But I, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to go down, but if you had to, to pin me to the wall today, I'm going to predict a Cardinals win. Flaherty's going to do just enough. The offense is going to do just enough, and Alex Reyes is going to factor in. That would be my blueprint for a Cardinals win today. 6-5, six, 6-4, six, something like that. So we're going to wait and see what happens. Padres still have not announced a, a pitcher as I as I uh, end this podcast here that I've seen. I'm looking on the MLB website. Maybe they haven't updated it yet. If it's on Twitter, I'm not looking there. But whoever it's going to be, Cardinals are going to have to get to him quick. Flaherty's going to have to pitch his game. I think the Cardinals can win a close one. It's going to be a good game, exciting game. I don't really have much else to say. I've talked for 20 minutes. I've given my prediction. The season will either end or it will extend. I hope it extends personally because I do believe I'll I'll potentially have an opportunity to go down to Texas to cover the next round, which would be really cool personally. But we'll have to see what the Cardinals are able to do. Backs against the wall, been there all season, but to a man last night, Mike Schilt, Colton Wong, Adam Wainwright, everybody that spoke, they basically had the same message. Like, And you could hear it in their voice. The sincerity didn't phase them. What could have been a devastating type of loss did not seem to phase them. And they, they just sound raring to go. And that could just be all talk. Talk is cheap if it doesn't get backed up by actions. But I, I don't feel like all is lost for the Cardinals right now. If you're a Cardinals fan, don't don't feel like all is lost for the Cardinals right now. It's been a wild season. Don't end it on dejected thinking that they're going to lose. Like, have some optimism. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for what it is. It's baseball. Think back to a time in March, in April, even in May, and then there again in August when we didn't know that there'd be Cardinals baseball this year. Before the season started, wasn't sure it was ever going to. When the Cardinals were locked up in a hotel room in Milwaukee, And then when they thought they were going to get to play the Cubs and they didn't, had to go on another hiatus. There were times where you thought, be honest, there were times where you thought this season might not happen. They might not let the Cardinals rejoin Major League Baseball this season. Cardinals have fought all the way back from that to be in control of their fate. One win to advance to the NLDS. Chance to do it tonight against a pitching staff they've already beaten up and is dog-tired. With their, with their, I'll say their ace, Jack Flaherty, on the mound. Hasn't been their ace this year, but he's he's the leader of this pitching staff. Him and Wainwright, 1A, 1B. And as far as talent and stuff on this pitching staff, I'm not taking anybody else but Jack Flaherty. So he's got a chance to do it tonight. I'm going to wrap things up there. I imagine we'll have a postmortem tomorrow. Regardless of how this game goes, it'll be a postmortem on the season or a a, a, a new life being breathed into the season by knowing that you've got a best three out of five in the next round. So it's going to be the Dodgers too, by the way, like it's not going to get any easier from here, but let's get, you got to get through the Padres first. And if they do that tonight, we'll be talking tomorrow about how great of a win it was and whether or not they can do the same thing to the Dodgers. But until then, make sure to subscribe. So you're with us. Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all that good stuff. B-Shafe Daily is the name of the show. Hit me up on Twitter at B-Shafe for 12. But until then, I'm going to let you all go. Enjoy the game on Friday. And one way or another, we will talk to you tomorrow.